Welcome to the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Blix. And this is Trav. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast, your podcast of sticking with your buds no matter how amazing they might be. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this week we are doing another segment on our Saying Yes series where we try to do everything we can. We lean over backwards. We go out and we pick up your, your sister from the mall and bring her home just so that your character can be in this game. And so what we're doing here is we're working with troublesome characters. Not players. <laughs> but troublesome characters. Characters that don't necessarily fit well with your group. In a game like Fringeworthy, it makes sense that you would have characters that wouldn't necessarily fit together well because the people who are in Fringeworthy are randomly chosen. I mean, they're only one out of 100,000 has the Fringeworthy capability, so that means you're going to have an eclectic group when you form a team. Now, sure, they're going to try to do a little bit of typecasting, whatever, you know, try to fit people together so you don't have the black power guy with the Ku Klux Klanner, but there's still lots of other things that could really cause friction in a team. So we wanted to present some really extreme characters and talk about how these characters could be managed so that they could still work together in a team. From the stuff that I've seen posted already on our TriTag game site, we've got some really strange, extreme characters. Probably not all of them would be in the same team, but we're going to talk about it as if they are. And we are going to primarily be talking about Fringeworthy because of that eclectic aspect. But really, working with difficult or extreme characters is something you're going to run into any game that you play. The same concepts that work here will really work at any game. So we're really hoping to give you something that you can bring to your game, no matter what game it is. And we really hope it's Fringeworthy or one of the other TriTac games. All right, well, moving on. So let's go uh, to yours then, Trav. Okay. My extreme character. Now, I went the reverse route. Most of us, in one way or another, were probably geeks in high school and were picked on by the jocks. Mm -hmm. I decided to be the devil's advocate with this character. Daniel Duke Randall, former high school jock, triple letter man, went into the Army Special Forces and then to the, his local police SWAT team, was found fringeworthy and assigned to an IDET specializing in alien tech. The kicker is that Duke hates, in caps, tech geeks. He hates them. A geeks, nerds, he despises them. He was an athlete and always picked on and harassed the geeks when he was young. He only needed smart people when he had to do schoolwork. Otherwise, he had nothing but contempt for them. Now that he's in an IDET that is full of tech geeks, he has to suck it up and actually deal with them. He is the security officer, and since General Baroden and his underlings assigned Duke to this team, and Duke is a military man himself, he has to accept the assignment. He doesn't have to like it, though. 
Duke is the protection for a group of technicians, engineers, and scientists charged with accumulating new technologies for UNITA. Now, this man probably, most likely he was laughed at and picked on because he was a big, dumb jock. And the tech geeks all just were like, you, know, you big gorilla and all this. So even when he was young, you know, the smart kids always picked on him. So he learned to despise people smarter than him. So he decided to go the route. He, he played to his strengths. He got into sports. He was into martial arts. He was physical. And he was good at it. And in the meantime, he harbored a hatred for people who were smarter than him. I mean, he wasn't dumb. He wasn't like the... Uh, good, good. No, it's just he was not of the tech geek and the science lab geeks level. He's so Biff when, Tannen. He's no, Biff Tannen. Tannen. Tannen wasn't all that bright. I mean, you know, yeah. make like a tree and get out of here. You know, he'd, he'd say stupid stuff like that. No, Duke... In order for him to be in the military special forces and then a cop yeah. on his team, he had to have some modicum of brains. But he was nowhere near the level that the, the, the tech geeks in school, you know, with the chemistry sets and the computer nerds and all that, he was nowhere near that level. He knew it. And he's from an entirely different culture. The athletic culture is nothing like the, uh, the tech culture. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, jocks and those of you who went... Most of the, our listeners are of, uh, I would say, I would venture saying most of our listeners are American or Canadian. So you know of the whole jock and geek schism in the cliches in our high schools. This guy was the archetypical jock. Mm -hmm. The reason why he is extreme in this sense is because he got put in an IDET team of all tech geeks. Because in Fringe, where you're dealing with technology, you're dealing with the, the very basis of traveling in the Fringe paths is alien high technology. You go to Hatsumi base, that portal is right there. And you have, he, he walked in that base and he saw nothing but tech geeks. And he's like, are you freling serious? I got to deal with all these people all over around me constantly. I'm going to be up to my neck in tech geeks. Then he sees the military people, General Baroden and all the rest. And he's like, okay, these people I can relate to. It's military. They're strong. They're hardy. They don't sit there and try to overanalyze everything. I can sit there and deal with these people. Military hierarchy. He orders me to do this. No problem. What do you mean? I got to be with the tech geeks. Yeah. So that yeah, and Pip brought this up, and 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 she she caught on. He's probably remarkably insecure and feels intimidated or threatened by their knowledge. Well, yeah, because he was picked on by these people, and the and and the tech geeks probably did really ingenious stuff to get you know to sit there and pick on him. Oh, you big dumb brute and all that, you know. So it's like. But he is the security officer. He's had to carve out his niche on this team. It's like, yes, you can sit there and decipher. You can read all the Tremelon languages. You can sit there and retrofit gear so our stuff works with it. And you can sit there and pick apart all these creatures. But when the stuff comes running at us, snarling, I'm the one that's mowing it down. You need me. You ought to be real nice to me. And he doesn't bother in hiding that. He will sit there and say... I'm the guy that keeps you alive. Don't talk down to me. Don't be snide to me. I'll help you. You help me. But that's only because I'm ordered to do so. Don't expect me to be your buddy. You know what really sucks for him is the fact that IDET is an organization that praises would praise their scientists and their geek types. So there is this exchange, you know, where you have the smart guys, which is what IDET needs, and you have the the soldier type, which what IDET needs as well. But the only problem is is that. 
ICI debt as an organization that would um, be more inclined to reward the smart guys and give them praise rather than bring the attention to the security type guys. So in other words, let's say they go on a mission and they bring back this really powerful artifact of some kind or another, uh, but they had to fight their way out. And this guy actually saved everybody and got him out, you know, because of his security skills and stuff. I could almost see IDET putting an entirely uh, a big slant on, on the fact that we recovered this really good artifact and the archaeologists are now working on deciphering what it does and this scientist figured out this and they discovered that and like – oh, oh, and by the way, uh, yeah, Duke helped get them out of there. He's always taking a back seat. Yeah, because IDET first and foremost – it's exploration. They have security in the matter of, okay, we still need to protect ourselves because we don't know what's out there. But their main thing is exploration. Pip says it might take a long time, but he might forge a friendship with one of the tech guys, a friendship that lives on insults maybe. Calling each other names but still go out at the bar after work and ogle with the ladies. I think you need a long time to see if the tech guys are more than just guys in lab coats, glasses, and keyboards. It would oh, be a very long time because I made this guy to have been – he was picked on from – he was the big goofy. And, of course, kids are mean. Don't deny it. Kids can be very mean to their peers. Yeah, but, but you know what would happen? You, you take some tech guy and it would be one night. Okay, so let's say let's say you're playing Duke, Trav, and I'm playing – or uh, whoever's playing Duke you're, and someone's playing um, you know, a really geeky science guy. And we're the only two guys playing that night. You know, The rest of the – Rest of our friends can't make it that night, and the game master's like, "Oh, this sucks for you because I had a really intense adventure." And then, so you, your care, you know, Duke, and, and say my scientists go on this adventure, and um, you know it's very difficult, but we manage to survive, and we save each other in in different ways. Like my science skills, uh, figure out how to get through some security door or something, uh, and figure out you know whatever's going on. And you're killing things, saving us, and you know, at the end of the adventure, you know, our two characters might bond very heavily, you know, in that. Whereas Duke normally hates tech guys, he see, he, you know, he begins to see the value in them. He's just like, for a tech guy, you got a lot of heart, you know, you showed a lot of bravery, and you know, you might be an egghead, but you know, when the chips were down and the enemy was coming, you know, you did what you had to do to help us and get us through that. And the scientist guy might be the same way. You might be like, you know, I just think he was a jarhead, but, you know, you saved my life and you got a lot of heart and, and you didn't leave me behind. You genuinely cared about what happened to me. So it's like you could see the two of them maybe bonding and maybe that would be a, a turning point for his character. All right. So what are some of the other things that the team could do to build a better relationship with this extreme character? I have a feeling that one of the problems he's going to run into is that he's probably not going to be the team leader. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, yeah. in a tech-based team. No, he's not. That's the whole yeah. point. It's a tech-based team. It is your scientist engine, and he's just along. You're the guy with the guns and the martial arts and the weapons. Whoever has the best charisma score, basically, is, t- is going to probably be the team leader at this point. Mm, I doubt that. Well, I don't see him as being team leader because his answer is always the military answer. Kill it. Yes. Yeah. Kill it, That's beat true. it up, you know. Let's nuke it from orbit. Yeah, this guy, yeah, he is the brute force minority in a let's try to talk to it, excuse me, or let's try to dope it out somehow 
And he's going to be the impatient one. He's going to be the one pacing, looking, going, what? Look, this is BS. We could sit there and set explosives to it and be done with it. And you want to sit there and crack it open and want to poke around in its innards. It's stuff like this that's going to get, and he's going to be very hostile. And he'll be the one that all the techs will turn around and say, shut up. Like you get you get to a temple and there'll be inscriptions on some door on how to how to get in, you know. And they'll be like, "Well, I think if we put the stones in a certain," he's like, "Look, man, I got some C four. Exactly. Blow a hole through that door and we'll be done with it." Yeah. And they'll yeah. be like, "No, no, no! You need to do it this way." It's like, this takes time. We don't have time. I want to get in here. If you want to get in here, I'm using my way. See, I don't see this at all. You know, I see this completely the opposite. Because I've been around tech guys, all right, and they are, you know, the most myopic, overly excited group I've ever, you know, I've usually been around. So you get to a world, the first thing the tech guys want to do is just scatter and start looking up things and doing their thing. He's going to be the one who says, no, first we establish a perimeter. I go out and check to make sure it's safe. Then you guys get to go out there and do your thing. And so they're going to have to respect his role in the team if they want to integrate with him. Yeah, I was just thinking when you were talking about the friendship, I was reminded of the relationship between Quint and Hooper from Jaws. You know, the, the rusty old fisherman who's hunted, who's hunted sharks before versus the guy who's the biologist, ocean, you know, it, it, ethicologist out there. And, you know, it turns out both of them were, were, were just as badass. So the person he might make friends with is a guy who, yeah, he's a scientist, he's a tech geek, He's the guy who climbs mountains in his, his, his spare time. So yeah, it's some sense. matter of physicality to the science. Yeah. He's going to bond with him. And even then, it's going that, that this guy's been picked on so much. The scientist will still, the fact that this rock climber, this geologist is also a rock climber, you know, on extreme walls and all this, and he's climbed El Capitan and all this. The fact that he's a scientist is still going to color this. It's going to yeah. prejudice him. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a heartfelt friendship. It's going to be, okay, I can relate to this guy, but he's yeah, still yeah. a geek. At least he can he gets out there and, you know, yeah. he's got some scars on his hands and some calluses yeah, yeah. to prove that he's not spending all day in a lab. Quint is quite possibly the best character ever. <laughs> I love Quint. But he he's an extreme character. Mm-hmm. And he could be this character. I mean, in a lot of ways. If you want to show respect for this guy so that you know they, he feels that he's being respected by the team, one of the ways you can do that is by using his rank. He's earned that rank before he joined IDET. I mean, ranks don't really may not mean anything in IDET because you know it's another service. But at the same time, if you refer to him as lieutenant, a rank that he's earned that he's going to feel that respect that comes from him, you know, you recognizing what he's earned as a military person. Most, most of the time I would see that, let's say there are scientists on this team who have military rank. Because most scientists and whatnot and doctors, usually they get officer status right off the bat. It's like in MASH, the, the surgeons were all at least captain. So if there is a scientist, let's say there's a, a doctor and a biologist who was in the army, you know, and he has a rank of captain, he may still be, you know, ahead of that lieutenant, but he will respect, yes, I am part of your hierarchy, lieutenant, I don't want to make an order, I will ask you to please do this. 
And so Duke might recognize, okay, this man, is he, he recognizes the military hierarchy. He's a scientist, but the superiors in his army gave him this rank. Okay, fine. I can deal with him. He's still a egghead, but he's got bars and medals on that lab coat. So, yeah, Duke, it, it's just that I, I made up this character because I was geek and just so I had to deal with the jocks in high school. And I just thought it'd be nice to do the juxtaposition, I think the term is, on, OK, what would it be like for a geek all of a sudden to be out outnumbered by or a, a jock to be outnumbered by the geeks? And it hit me that this guy most likely would be as soon as he gets realizes that he's been put on an all science team, he'd be like, I got to deal with you. I thought I could get because he would have probably figured I did. Yeah, I'm going to we're out there and we're exploring and we're going to be fighting all these cultures. And it's going to be and it's like, what do you mean? I'm on I'm the security officer on a tech team. So what sacrifices does the player have to make to play this guy? Like, all right, so you're the player and you're playing you're playing Duke and the other players, you know, are playing scientists and stuff. What sacrifices do you have to make to make him get along with everybody? Your nickname. Your nickname is going to be Duke Nukem. <laughs> yeah. No matter what you do, they're going to call you because they're all gamers. Yeah, they will. Or Duke from GI Joe. They'll be Yo yeah. Joe and all that. Yeah, yeah they'll. they'll yeah. Be, no, but I mean, what what sacrifices does he have to make? <laughs> he he has to make personal sacrifices to get along with these guys. He's going to be a dumb guy. He he knows that he will never be as skilled and as competent in the field that he has to deal with as these guys. And so these tech geeks are going to, and, and there is a scientific leap. I had, when, when I was with Becky, because she was an incredible tech geek, she's into Linux and everything. I had to deal with the fact that sometimes she talked about all of her computer stuff. And when she deal with my computers, she'd come off as a little elitist. And I had to warn her very pleasantly. It's like, Becky, when you talk like that, there are some people who are going to see you as snobbish. Duke's going to have to deal with that constantly because they're all going to know that he is not a tech geek. He is there, the guy with the gun and the muscles. They're going to see him as not as intelligent. They're going to see him as basically you are just the grunt. And so he's going to have to put up with a lot from these guys. And most scientists, these guys may not do it to be malicious. They're just, they're so used to being among their kind that they're going to have to actually tone down and bring it down to his level and just with how they do it, they're going to come off as condescending, which is just going to irk him even more. Remember, also, we're dealing with 21st century scientists. Now, imagine if he got put on as a, a security guard for a, a combo team where some of the scientists are Victorians. Now, Victorian scientists are a different breed because a lot of them were a bit tougher, I would imagine, because a lot of them had to get out there and actually do it, especially if you're talking guys who know something about mechanical you know, mechanisms and steam power those guys are actually would probably be just as muscular as he is and also talk like a geek oh yeah well yeah duke <laughs> i mean he would have to he was a typical i mean jock he worked on his car he knows yeah, how yeah. to field strip weapons he deals with demolitions he has some mechanical skill well where i was going with yes. this was is that i'm thinking as the player i'm, I'm playing this guy duke and and i don't want to have to beat everybody when they piss me off I'm thinking what he's going to have to develop to to cope with this uh, so that he doesn't have to, like, you know, go postal on, on the group is um, maybe the player has a, has, a, has a wit where he's always picking on the geeks. And it's sort of like a Dr. McCoy, um, Spock, you know, jibe thing where they're always jabbing at each other where he, he doesn't get 
off so long as he can be insulting to them, like throw backhanded insults to them all the time. You know, maybe he secretly plays tricks on them. Like, for example, when they go into the they go into the jungle, he takes a harder trail because he can handle it and he knows it'll make it tougher on them. So that's his personal way of uh, of getting back at them for all their jibes at him for not being so smart. You know, he 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 creates situations where uh, he makes it tough on them. Like maybe he'll secretly uh, sneak a brick in one of their backpacks. Oh yeah, log backpacks so they have trouble getting. Oh man, I can't carry this backpack. This is horrible. And of course, he's sitting there going, even if it was, he'd be thinking, well, even if that brick was in there, you still can't carry the backpack. You're, you know. <laughs> right, right. But I'm just saying, maybe that's his stuff like that. That's how he I mean, deals yeah, with I this. Well, because he knows if he does anything overt, he's going to get reported. Right, right. Yeah. But I'm just saying that that's how he deals with things. In other words, he's like he can take all their jibes and stuff because he's always pranking them as well. He's all he's he's getting his way in on them, you know, so that, so that he can deal with it. If you know your tropes, there will be that one situation where they're investigating a uh, state of Tamela in installation of some sort, and they're all scattered again. He's sitting there, and he leans back, and all of a sudden the doors open behind him, and now he's faced with. The master control and is asking him questions. He's going, "Oh, this is not my specialty." Guys, um, guys, guys, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> There's really no reason why he has to be the only tough guy on the team. He could be paired with another military type, even a Tazeel, so that he has somebody else on the team to feel a sense of camaraderie with. From shared values. O'Neill and, and Teal'c. Right. O'Neill, we gave Daniel all the time, constantly, without, and just, it lessened up as a, but even in the first episode, when he comes back and, hey, Daniel, and bumps him with his shoulder, and Daniel's got this look like, God, O'Neill hasn't changed. He met Tazeel and he had a common bond. They were both trained soldiers, warriors, fighters. Him and Tazeel were tight all throughout the series, or Teal'c, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But you you saw how he regarded both Carter and Daniel because they were both science people. One was an archaeologist, the other one was an astrophysicist, and he was like, "Yeah, whatever, fine. You guys, I'll, I'll take your word for it. You're not lying to me, but I don't understand a word you said." And he'd sit there and make little jokes about stuff. But Teal'c, he could talk to because they're yeah. both warriors. They both knew tactics, strategy, weapons, combat. His ally in this can't be another extreme character. He has to be the extreme character in this. Oh, yeah, he is. I mean, he... Maybe somebody else who's science-based, but also a bit of a jock, but not a jock like he's a jock. I'd have to say, yeah, the geologist who's also a rock climber yeah. would be a good... Or if you want another military person, it could be a guy who did his four years and got out, and he was a computer technician. So he's military, but he was military in the specialties area. But it doesn't have to be that, because he's security. Okay, therefore, he can't be awake 24-7. It makes sense to have somebody for him to switch off with. Yeah, yeah it would have to be probably the other military guy who, okay, I've handled a gun, but, I mean, the computer guy would be like, okay, I've handled a gun, I've had basic firearms training, but I'm the secondary guy. If there's something awake and it's coming after us, I'm waking Duke up. I will fire my gun with him, but I'm waking him up because I want to make sure I... And and he would. You would have to have another someone who's had some type of yeah non geek training in them 
this guy to relate to. Your medical person could be a could be a um you know uh, an army medic or a yeah. yeah yeah she may just want to eat, eat eat flesh in the in the in the you know when she has a chance. Right, here I... right there you go. Right, you, you put these two in a party together. Yeah, the two of them could practice jujitsu together. Sure. Yeah, because she's she's tough, man. She'll kick your butt, but she's not as tough as Duke. Oh no. But yeah, that that was his, that was the main thing that I made him with was the fact that he had been picked on constantly, and now the one thing that he despises the most, he he has the attitude: if all techniques were to go off the face of the earth, I wouldn't shed a tear. And now I'm surrounded by them. Yeah, I'm fringe worthy. I've got money. I've got fame. Doesn't do me any good because I'm I'm literally in a job that I don't like, yeah. and, and I'm ordered to do it because it's military organization that's you know my superior now general baroden told me i had to be here i'm doing this but i ain't liking it and he would have to find some common ground with these guys in order to survive because if not after a while the hostility would come out and he would start getting nasty and short with them and the geeks would probably be like you know what you need us to survive we need you to survive it's not going to do us any good to be hostile toward each other, especially when we got Mellor breathing down our throats. Yeah. And this guy, yeah, you're going to have, he would, Duke would have to find some other person with some military or some outward going background or otherwise, yeah, yeah he'd just be hating him for the rest of the time he'd be with Yeah, like sure. I said, a guy who used to be military, you know, was the specialist in the military or something like that, you know, Who's got some training and some military training, but you know he basically was a guy who repaired computers. Just to have someone to complain to would be enough. It's like God. I don't know how you can deal with these guys. Come on, you were in the core, man. Come on. Hmm. All right. I, I think Duke has been picked apart enough. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. This is Amber. It's all fun and games until the DM rolls a one. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons license. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be having your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav of the Travcast, Hour 3 of Blind Wolf's Rubber Room Association on DementiaRadio.org, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern.